This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. And welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast. Got the notorious SID and uh, and Chris Stark with me. Uh, all good, lads. Uh, good yeah, week. Good, really good. How are we? Yeah, I mean, you had a big one, didn't you? I had, this yeah, weekend? I had a heavy weekend. Yeah. yeah, heavy weekend. I was going to nurse this beer, but it's going down really well. Is so it? we're just going to plough through. Going to plough through. Um, but just want to start by mentioning Starkey's top beer. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It did come to me the other week, and I'm, it's just not tip for tap. But well, just talk well it feels it. Oh, we, you know, we've got the Rugby World Cup, and um, well, he's come as a rugby player. It, it looks like he's just come from private school. <laughs> it's not happy. Hogwarts. <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, he's not happy. He's not, he's not happy. What do you mean, Hogwarts? <laughs> you just Don't, look like you Well, you look like you're playing Squid or whatever it's called. <laughs> Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah. I recently played with um with someone from Harry Potter. Actually, obviously, this no, shows you how much you Harry Potter knowledge I've got. You twins, didn't you? Yeah. So, so obviously, I called it Squiddle there, but it's called you're saying Quidditch. Yeah. Yeah. You, look, you do look like you're playing <laughs> <laughs> Quidditch. I'll, I'll be honest. To be fair, look, I just want to um, someone sent me this. Someone sent me. This. They said, uh, Starkey's obviously come for you. Uh, with the Steve Jobs top. He's come armed today, isn't he? He's, 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 <laughs> can you just show me your phone? <laughs> Who's today? come armed? Is this your notes section? No. Someone sent me a picture. All right. All right. Let me just show this. Can you talk me through your attire here? Just Oh. Oh, oh shit. How oh. they found that? <laughs> oh. Have you seen this? Yeah, that's... Wow. I can't believe you found that because I actually tried to get that re- removed from the internet. So so let, let, let's explain. Let's talk through this, Sid. So do you, do you want to talk through this one or shall I, shall I go through this? Uh, well, now what I did... <laughs> so bad, did it? Wow. No, what... <laughs> tell me, tell okay. me. That's a lot to dissect. <laughs> so, so a couple of years back, we had Pink on the show, yeah. right? And I think she's brilliant. I think Pink's agree. Yeah, so I was really excited about doing it. that. So I popped down the road to a shop and I thought, do you know what? Instead of being in the same old hoodie I'm in every day, I'll go get... And I've ended up getting what... I normally just get what's on the mannequin, mm. right? And the, the mannequin was wearing a roll neck. So you have got me there on the roll neck thing. Yeah. Now, what I wasn't made aware of when the photo was taken is my chain had flopped out. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you saying that's not... So you, so you think... Yeah, but you think that... We're going to buy that your you chain flopped out up the top of a roll neck. <laughs> <laughs> somehow you've coughed and it's gone yeah. up yeah. the roll neck and down out, out the top. I'm, I'm very disappointed in it because it's because I really like pink. So it annoys me that my only picture with her is that one. Um, uh, of so, you, of you in each seventeen. Yeah. So, so not only is it a roll neck, it's obviously the chain hanging out of the roll. Do you know what? I, I love, feel like I'd this is a Jolie Lescott tweet situation. If oh, I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? And I, I think I, I think that is a planned move. Sid's You've got, got me. There. It's a planned move. Sid, do you know what I would love you to do? Because you're going to do it anyway. This is going to go out right. Um, I would love this picture of me and Pink because there's people who can do this sort of thing. If someone could remove the chain. 
and oh, um, yeah. and yeah. sort of switch up my clobber so I could have a nice picture with pink. I'd really appreciate it. Well, yeah. I think it, let's do that, and then let's let, if people can, you know, go full. B.A. Baracus, Mr. T-Style, <laughs> and put a few more chains down there. I think that would be good as well. I, I, rather than take the chain away, yeah. I'd rather uh, it was like, just add, add a few chains in there. I thought he should have worn. Well, this is the thing. I say, will anyone help me get a nice picture with pink? We all know what's going to happen. It's not going to be good. <laughs> we all know what's going to happen. Oh, good start. It's a great start. <laughs> right. What I love about this, though, is you clearly... I've, you've banked this up a week. No, do you know what? You've Someone said that to me yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I feel like you hurt him with Steve Jobs. I no, think, no, no, no. Uh, you know it's been in like, your it's head. Actually, that, hasn't it's it? not. No, I actually loved it. And people, I was at a party on Saturday and they were crying because of the reaction that I had as well, just by laughing. Yeah. Um, Jobsy, I've had a few, like, Jobsy is thrown at me as well. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Have you? So his puddings is massive flying around, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Do you I'd... think we'll get some people at Crouchfest as Steve Jobs? I Ooh. think we will. I do. Really? Little round glasses. Yeah. Like, I think there'll be a few Steve Jobs. Because yeah. it's not, you can get on the train with that. You know what I mean? If you're a lobster, you know, and you're trying to get to, to Wembley Arena, like, but you can fit, you could go to the pub before Steve Jobs, couldn't you? We'll get onto the football in a minute. But while Steve has mentioned it, he does raise a very good point. I have never had any style. I've never had one sort of bit of clothing where I've gone, you know, you look decent in. I can't wear suits. I look ridiculous in suits. Even when I turn up in a nice new uh, stripy top, I get told I'm in Harry Potter. If I wore anything that you boys wear, I'd look ridiculous as well. No, I, I just think it's. it feels to me like you've just come from watching rugby. What's and, he found um, <laughs> Just been past memo. <laughs> This podcast now. I, everyone goes to me. What's it like having Sid? I'm like, it's brilliant. Love the guy. Like, he's only... <laughs> to be oh, fair, that was our producer George. Just part. I, I, I haven't just, seen it. No, yet. no. I've just right. been passing memo. Oh. Uh, talk me through this one. What's this? Oh, we just dissected his clobber. <laughs> wow. That was my Wimbledon outfit. You did not go to Wimbledon. What Wimbledon tennis? Yeah. Was you allowed in with this? <laughs> Is that? Well, it's a functional because it's suit. It's a suit with shorts, isn't it? So, so you've gone. You've gone for the. Is that looks, it looks like a linen, linen. Yeah, but maybe? it's because Sky, it's like it's both blue, smart blue. but practical in the in the heat. Smart but practical. What do you describe can, that as, Crouchy? Um, I I don't think I've ever seen it before. Um, how <laughs> do you, how I see do you, what you're saying? Like even in a suit, you don't look half decent. This is what mm. I mean. Yeah. What I would love, what I would love, is for someone to just almost treat me. You know, like. Grab hold of me and just go, right, we're going to make you look awesome. There's loads of people who now watch this podcast on YouTube. And I am aware every week, I, I, I look at it and go, fuck me, you look a mess. And there's only a certain amount clothes can do with that. Ooh. I think this but is going to work. My, my worry is, who's the person taking a photo? Uh, do you mind me asking? Like, well, like, I, so I, it looks like you like is a stylist <laughs> yeah, or something. But also, this guy doesn't want to be in the picture <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, but what, who's taking that photo? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Do you know what? This could actually work in your favour because you could now get some brands that would attach themselves to you and say, hey, that's what I'm thinking. We will sort you out. Yeah. And I, I almost feel that's maybe what I need, just someone to go like, no, we can make you look awesome. And it works with some people that you would think that, you know, yeah. don't necessarily do it. I don't know. who. Where do you get your clothes from? How do you style yourselves? Um, do you ever imagine you're someone else? Uh, yeah, I think you have to. I think it's, you take inspiration from... Because that's challenging. If you're friends with Beckham, I think that puts a lot of pressure on you to... 
Because if naturally most people would go, David Beckham's wearing that thing, we'll go buy the same clothes. But when he's your mate, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, no, it would be. Do you see I what I mean? Yeah, but you can. I think you can take inspiration even from your from your mate. So who do you take inspiration? From, <laughs> There's right? no one really out here that I would look to in with my kind of physique, really. Yeah, um, Richard Osman, maybe. <laughs> Um, Dan Walker, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no one out there. Do you know what I mean? I get my stuff from various places, yeah. but I have to get a lot of it made. Because you, Steve, uh, I'm trying to think of someone trendy, Jamie Redknapp, someone like that. Do you? You, you do what he does. Style, so. No, but I just, you know, I could see what, but stuff that he wears. I could Got the say old sketches on over you. <laughs> <laughs> Great if next week he comes in sketches. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like Jamie. Yeah, just like yeah. Well, look, if you can help with that, there's bound to be someone that I'm sure could um I mean we should be we should think more about our image, shouldn't we? We should think, you know, well the is thing is, is when we when we, we come should... to record, like you say, like is this podcast has kind of gained, you know, it's quite successful now. People are watching mm. and um we've never once kind of thought maybe we should Look good on it. No, we just turn we turn up to the pub. Like other podcasts, you know, they do think through all these things. And then what's crazy is pretty much every week I get a message from someone. It's like being in the hoop of horror in the in the mail and line, you know. Mm. I get someone going, Oh, wearing your grand's jacket, all this sort of thing. And I'm like, This is outrageous. Mm. Like if you just turn up to a pub, you don't not everyone in the pub turns around and goes, Oh, where's that jacket for do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah. you get bizarrely. I mean, t- I- Let's let's finish on this. I mean, look, you get up at four o'clock in the morning, mm. so it's dark. Exactly. So you, I mean, yeah. it's one of them. You got, you got. It's an excuse. It's a big it? excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for coming straight from Quidditch. We, I think, one week it'd just be good for us all to have a, a sort of style sweeping through it. You know, when you were footballers and you'd do a big game, you'd wear suits, wouldn't you? Mm. Or you'd step out at Wembley and you suits and trainers now, isn't it? It's all getting yeah. a bit, yeah. bit too relaxed, in my opinion. Mm. But all right, so next week, right? I'm going to say this now, right? Next week, I think. We make a real effort yeah. with our clubber. Deal? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm talking like full on. Oh, no, no, no ceiling. I would I would um, almost be tempted to say that a bonus point for the Friday podcast um football prediction league that we've got going on is given for best dressed. Bonus point. Right. Next week, okay. best dressed, as voted for by the listeners. Yeah. Yep. Point. Uh, can I just state one rule, right? Mm. No saying that you're going to turn up really no. smart and then not. Don't be okay, because this happened to George, our producer, last week. You know, we recorded some VTs for Crouchfest and uh, the other lads told him that he had to come in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he Minus did, five he, points if one of us do it. Okay. Let's just agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Agree that Agreed. now because he did come in a suit and um, yeah. he was suitably embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> but we laughed a lot. <laughs> Saw a video of him wandering around the car park trying to get back to his <laughs> yeah, car. Was, to get he was changed. trying to get back to the car to get changed. He was a power walk as well. <laughs> he'd, seen, he'd seen that he'd been done on the suit thing and was trying to escape back to his car. But he looked like a sort of wild animal in the wild, yeah, like yeah, really yeah. angry and yeah, frustrated. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a bit of a nightmare for him. All right, today's episode, what are we going for? Do you know what, Chris? We're going for assistant managers. <laughs> and um, this is something that I've wanted to do for a while because uh, I think they play such an important role um, and obviously, I don't know how you feel, Sid, but it's, a lot of it's kind of kind of chalk and cheese at times. Like if the if the manager's almost if he's good cop, then the, the assistant's bad cop, and if he's bad, cop, it's the other it's right role reversal, isn't it? You have yeah. to be totally different, I think. Yeah. Uh, and of course, a lot of the time they're they're just good pals with the 
with the manager. Yeah, I think, but they're good pals. But they like you're right. They've got to they got to always have their back. That's that's a million percent. But mm. they need to have contrasting opinions as well because that's what they look for. If they, if they feel like this is their starting eleven, uh, but they're not sure one or two players, they might go look. What do you reckon? Mm. You know, he, in your eyes, how's he been training this week? What's his mood like? Do you reckon he can come in really? Do you know what I mean? And they, I think they look for that guidance or to say no. I think you need to do this. What I think is important with an assistant manager is like you can they're close to the manager, but I think close enough to be able to say no, I think you're wrong. Whereas a lot of time I think sometimes you get a first team coach mm. who's coaching the players, quite often will be like, Yes, boss, yes, boss. You know, yeah. like whereas I think you can't be too parched, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, is it the difference between being an assistant manager and an assistant to the manager? Exactly right. So well, yes. it's it's like a first team coach yes. quite often will be like very much um, <clears throat> what the manager says, you know, he'll implement on the training field. Whereas I think the assistant manager, a lot of the time, you know, from, from all the managers I've had, <clears throat> has to give a differing view or a differing opinion. What if this happens? Why, why don't we do that? Or I don't agree yeah. with that. But never in front of the players. No, never. Ever. I, of all the clubs, I'm sure we'll come into So of all the clubs and all the managers and assistant managers that I've played under, never have we seen, or I've never I've seen, confrontation between two so if that's done it's done away from the players which must happen mustn't it, it yeah must I think I, yeah. I've seen I mean, I mean I've seen it firsthand. you know where but then the problem is is sometimes when that that kind of relationship breaks down between the manager and the assistant manager yeah. I have seen assistant managers kind of saying to players you know because we, we will vent maybe not to the manager but we might vent to the to the first team coach or to the assistant manager mm. be like you know why did we do that on Saturday and sometimes you, no. you you would get like the assistant going like I did I did try and tell him you know like that out with the manager yeah yeah so 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 I'm saying forming so a coup you have you have to be so though the manager and the assistant I think have to be so close and I think that trust has to be so so great that that wouldn't happen but it that you know it does happen and you might hear a child in the background here it's um we're it's just none of ours. recording this in <laughs> we should just say it's none of our children <laughs> but we are recording this next to the slide at, at brew dog yeah. and um it is Maybe particularly fast isn't it someone's had a tumble we we, we think that might be the didn't case didn't come didn't come down hopefully as fast as david bentley last week <laughs> he loved when the he was, slide he adored it yeah. yeah and what was funny is actually a few of the people outside when we were recording we were still recording stuff Benz was coming down the slide twice um, on his own and didn't know anyone was watching. It's a, the fun of it. it's a tricky yeah. situation, this, on the podcast, because part of me thinks we should send producer George to just ask the child to be quiet out there because <laughs> this has been going on a while. But my problem is I don't know how he would do it. <laughs> and also, I don't think as a podcast we can just say, can you ask your child to be a bit bit more, qu bit more quiet? It's <laughs> like on an aeroplane. You just can't do it's it. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. But there's boundaries huh, with the assistant manager. They've got boundaries. They can't overstep the mark because mm. they, as you say, they, they need to know that mm. they are the assistant and there is one focal point. Now, whether that's going to be around the training ground or more so, the touchline. Yeah, but don't... Right. So do you think there are assistant managers, in your experience, that are happy to just be assistant managers and have no ambitions at mm. all about being a manager? Or is it really the case that all assistant managers do want to be managers at some point? I'd say probably 25%, 30% that are just happy being an assistant manager or a first team coach because they don't want the stress because it's a different skill set mm. of managing everyone below you. You know, I think they're happy with, right, you take the spotlight, you deal with all decisions, 
I'll be the motivator. I'll have your back and I'll do all the coaching, the day-to-day, driving, getting the players up for it, you know, and I'm happy doing that role. And some have gone into management and it's not really worked out, yeah. isn't it? There's been a, quite a few over the years. Yeah, I, I, do, I do think that... Um, you do have to be ready for it. I think in this day and age with managers getting sacked, right? And it can happen on a Friday before a game on a Saturday. Mm. Quite often the assistant steps in. Like, I've, I'm thinking back to it now, like, all the ones that I've had, like, I remember Steve Wigley being, you know, the first team coach. He came in at Southampton. We had uh, Sammy Lee, you know, had to, I never thought he, he was a brilliant number two, wasn't he? Like, probably one of the best number twos you'll ever have. But that's what I mean, you coach. can respect just then, the number two. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a role, you know, Chris Hewton. You know, mm. I didn't, he, he was at Tottenham for years. I mean, not many if, unless you're kind of you know quite knowledgeable about the game, you wouldn't know how long he'd been at Tottenham. And, yeah. You know, when I was coming through, he was a reserve team manager there. Um, you know, he was kind of like reserve team manager for a long, long time, and then obviously got the the job. He went to Brighton to Newcastle yeah, and did yeah. a really, really good job. But it's like people go, oh, you know, he's, a, he's a, like as if he's a new manager. He's been in the game for 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 so long, and you know that's just that's just kind of kind of happened for but him. What I mean then is the role of assistant manager not completely glamorized enough for it to just be enough like as football fans yeah, what do you want what do you want i mean i think assistant managers are are football people you know what i mean if you're an assistant or you're a first team coach you, you're not doing it for any kind of acknowledgement you're doing it because you love football you love yeah, but the you're game doing, you've been a manager for that yeah yeah no i agree but i'm just saying you know not everyone wants to be kind of front and center not everyone wants to be a manager they just want to stay in football and and i think you know, being an assistant manager and you know, not 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 the manager, quite often you're gonna you're gonna be in football for longer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And then I do wonder if you're an assistant manager and you're really good at being an assistant manager and that is enough, then you can form this incredible dynamic. It, a bit like Batman and Robin, right? Batman and Robin, they kind of uh, how can I put this? Like you wouldn't trust Robin on his own if he turned up like, you know, our studio's on fire. Yeah. Batman turns up, yeah. you're like, great, Batman's here yeah. to sort it all out. Mm. Robin turns up, you'd be like, not really sure. Together, unbelievable. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good analogy. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's true, it's true. Yeah, you know, Robin hasn't got the authority that Batman's got, has he? No, but fantastic But he's probably together, just as good. Yeah. Like, but plays a really important part. On... Really? I think managers know that. Managers know that. They know that their makeup is de- is down to their staff and especially their right-hand man. So if I say Batman and Robin, right, what managers, system managers come to mind? I'll kick it off. Roy Hodgson, Ray Lewington. Nice. Brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. Worked under Ray. When I was at Fulham. I think I he's amazing, Roy. amazing. Ray like. Lou, absolute. First of all, Gent. Mm. One, of the, one of the good guys in football and there's not many. Mm. Uh, and again, knows his role. Knows football inside out, a proper footballing man, and a great, great coach and a great motivator as well. When you go out on the training pitch, you know it's going to be a good hour, hour and, hour and a half. Good footballing man. But knew how to deal with the manager as well. Yeah. Felt there was always that kind of great relationship, like a sort mm. of slightly elderly Anton Deck. They had a good thing kind of well, going. Still going. You know, I mean, how long have they been going for? Mm, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Still going strong. Yeah, and also those 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 kind of bonds are, are, are unbreakable, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously when Harry Ridnap, Kevin Bond, and um, and and Joe Jordan, you know, it was like standard procedure. You know, those boys would come in straight away. Um, it's kind of apart from when we had Harry and Jim at, at Southampton, which was amazing. Obviously, Jim Smith, character from from Derby, you know, the flat cap. And uh, they came in to kind of try and save us at Southampton. And uh, that was an amazing mm. dynamic, but watching those two. I mean, the song was like Harry and Jim, you know, yeah. keeping us up. 
and I guess that's the other thing when it works and then those partnerships move from club to club I sometimes think that's quite nice to see as yeah. well but yeah. the other thing is is sometimes when you step out of like that you know I remember Steve McLaren with England you know <clears throat> and then Sven got the sack and then kind of Steve took over but he was never boss do you know what I mean he was because he was the coach before mm. so it's like then he's then he wasn't boss and he you know so he's because he's taking the job did they call him head coach with it I think it when was he head coach yeah because yeah. yeah. that's sometimes is that sometimes a bit I hadn't really thought of it like this and this might be wrong please tell me if it is but sometimes if say an assistant manager has then taken on that manager role but there is a slight I don't know a slight unease about it or an uncertainty rather than committing to being called manager they just go no, I'm taking this sort of coaching position that I was, but it's head coach. Well, you know, I, 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 assistant I, I, manager, the head coach. I think yeah. players see I mean? players see through see, the fact yeah. that, like, if you if you, you're trying to be different, all of a sudden it's like, well, I know it's different because you're the manager now, but it is is strange. I remember at Portsmouth when when um, Harry left, Tony Adams took over, and he was the coach as well, and it, it was just he was always tone Tony, you know. And then all of a sudden it was like, I don't know. I mean. It, was, it felt like a different dynamic, and that is that is it's very strange. That's that must be hard. I've yeah. had one of them where you've you got a teammate or a assistant and steps up, and all of a sudden it's a different relationship, totally different relationship, mm. isn't it? Because now your friendship's still there, but it's more of a working, very mm. much more of a working relationship, isn't it? Yeah, I remember it was so weird because at Swansea, I remember Ashley uh, Williams telling me about Gary Monk. Obviously, you know, centre half partnership, and all of a sudden he's taking the team. Yeah. And then he's got to make big decisions about, you know, do I leave him out? Do I leave him out? And he was, he was a teammate last week. Now he's the gaffer. Uh, so say, say I'm here, for instance, right? We're all teammates. And all of a sudden I start making some changes mm. and I'm the boss. It's like, it's a weird dynamic, isn't it? Yeah. And it's hard to keep those relationships. I think you have to be a different person, unfortunately. And obviously Gary did make that conscious decision and then moved... Um, into management and then it has a you know it's had a good career in management did you ever so you've not been in that situation where a teammate you haven't suddenly called them gaffer no not a teammate not a teammate no my my issue like, I've thought about it loads like because I thought about how I how I was as a player and like how I was in the dressing room and I thought at one stage where I thought mate do I want to be like a coach or a manager and I thought if I want to be a manager how am I going to go to the people that know me like being serious do you know what I mean like I yeah. don't because I wasn't serious I, obviously I took my profession really seriously but in the dressing room I was my way of getting over nerves was to kind of like laugh a bit and you know be be a bit more light-hearted about things because mm. that's the way I kind of tried to focus and if I come in and I don't know if I, how seriously people would take me yeah you can kind of see what ones gonna, are gonna go into coaching yeah management can't you in a dressing room you could sort of say yeah listen you're going to be a coach when you're older I oh, thought you, I thought, I thought you could, yeah, you could do that. Said that I genuinely thought so I think Sid's could have been I don't know a gaffer or yeah, still time yeah. I, I think yeah there's an element of me that would like to give it a go there is but this is this is great can't mm. give this up you could do both mate be no, great for know, the pod I, if I you became manager I know, <laughs> you, uh, can the notorious SID <laughs> Breaking news. Steve Notorious SID takes over at Fulham. Tell you what, they'll be, put, they'll be, they'll be putting in the canteen. <laughs> oh. Oh my Do, are, you ruling, are you ruling it out? Uh, 
I'm, I'll never rule it out. No, no. You, I don't I'll think you can rule, rule anything out, out no. in this life, no. can you? No. But it's that like, would be great. I think. I think you. I get you're like. I think you're a very personable guy, aren't you? I think I could fit both roles. I think yeah. I could be an assistant to a, to a manager, and I think I could be a manager as well. Assistant you, to the regional assistant. manager. Is <laughs> 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 Gareth? Yeah. It, it, what do you imagine that be? Who name a manager that you think you would be? solid assistant to you, you, you tend to think of someone that you'd be like but you I don't think that works you're right does, well that that's that's interesting key. actually that's and does key. it have to be someone you've got previous with because that's often the mm. case as well but you need to be tight with with people do well, yeah. yeah. right to. so all about this I'll, I'll put that question to you another way if your manager who do you bring in as number two mm. yes yeah, you know that that's where it does become difficult because that's where you're thinking well i bring my mates in but that's when it could be carnage. Yeah. So you need to be a bit I've shrewd. got mine. I've thought about this. I've got mine, yeah. Yeah? Uh, Sean Derry. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell, I tell you what. Pedigree. He's already, he's already been kind of coaching. He's been doing it for a long time. He's been a manager. He's a manager at Notts County. Um, you know, he's at Palace uh, as, a, as a first team coach, like under, under quite a few managers. Uh, and then uh, he's at Wolves now under, with Gary O'Neill. Um, I just think he's... he's been around it um, and obviously playing with him he's got that kind of te- temperament that I'd need like obviously I am not the most kind of aggressive you know serious person but I think he would be kind of my 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 pit bull I'll send him in I'll go like okay. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. well let's let's try and do a little sort of Tinder one you can swipe through these I'm going to give you some names you can swipe through if you want okay. This is assistant for manager. My assistant. Okay. First one, I think it's a good shout as well. John Terry. As my assistant. Assistant manager. I would be his assistant, but I would go, yes. Yes. I think that's a good partnership, do you think? That, yeah. that is a good partnership. That's yeah. a lovely match. Yeah, uh, that do you want to give a name? Jason Tyndall. It's it's a no. It's a no. It's swipes away <laughs> on that one. Uh, Let's give a couple more names. Any names, anyone? Because um, I, I think there's certain people that I can imagine. With with yeah, um, Jody Morris. Jody's a good guy. Good football. Yes. Damien Duff. A million percent swipe left. Yes. Yeah. I could, yeah. I could, that would be a lovely match actually. Would be. Yeah. I've got a better match for you. Go on. Dave Kitson. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's a no. But it would look great on the poster. That's a no on there. <laughs> that's it would a look no. great. That's yeah. a no. Felix for Gap. <laughs> do you know what I'm actually going to say I'm going to say no but I got on really well with Felix really really right. well I mean he was a strange he was an oddball mm-hmm. um, but as a as a human being he was he was he was a mm-hmm. sound guy mm-hmm. right I, I do feel like we're, we're putting the spotlight on you quite a bit here yeah. but I, I we, we actually had an email in someone a Fulham fan asking what was it like playing un, under him Felix yeah. Yeah. what was, was the experience yeah like nothing you've ever seen. But bearing in mind that that season we had Martin Yole was manager at the start. He got the sack. Then we had uh, Rennie Mullenstein, who was a great coach, a really good number two. Obviously worked right. under Sir Alex yeah. at United. And then uh, he got the sack. And then we had Felix McGat, Alan Kerbishley as a number two, Ray Wilkins, God bless his soul. Kerbishley mm. was number two. Well, he was like in, he was part of the coaching setup under oh, Felix right. McGat. Um, and Felix just come in and had his ways. 
but the warm-ups were relentless. Like, you know, I've said stories on a load of podcasts before that people obviously know, but he just thought we was unfit and he ran us. In the warm-up? We were doing hill runs on a Friday. Hill runs. You know, right, well, how is that? How can that possibly be? He just thought we was unfit and we'd have away games and he'd say, right, after dinner, everyone to the bar. It was a German culture, have a beer the night before a game. Trying to galvanise the, the, the players and bring a bit of team spirit. Did you all limp into the bar? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I man. think he's got the English mentality wrong there. <laughs> like, the day before a game, like, don't take us to the bar. This next part of the podcast is sponsored by Brewdog. So, Wingman, we all know this, lovely beer. Perfect company on a night out. If you want a great night out, we're saying that this is the beer for you. And we've been asking listeners of this podcast to nominate their own wingmen. So what we're looking for here is those mates uh, in your life that really make a night out. And we want to hear the stories about them in action. We've had some great stories so far, haven't we? Uh, But we want more of these. So the best wingman can then come and join us at the next event down here at Brewdog Waterloo. We have loads of fun doing these events. And uh, it's a good chance that you will be able to come along if you um, if you give us a good story. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for wingmen stories here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, there's been loads of uh, messages, and I think we've got a voice note from Tom. Yes, that right. Here we go. All right, lads, it's Tom here. I'm just uh, getting in touch to nominate my wingman, my mate Jordan. So for context, I've got the worst birthday of all time, January the second. This being said. He's the only one that makes the effort year in, year out to do something with me on my birthday. Everyone else, they've got no money from Christmas, they're all hungover from the new year, or they've got work the next day. Not this bloke, he's a stand-up fella. He'll be there come rain or shine, even a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. So, that's my nomination, lads. Back stronger, puddings is massive. Up the Jordan. <laughs> up the Jordan. Up the Jordan sounds like a catchphrase. What a, a sign off that Whoa. is. Um, <laughs> to me, fair play to him. Like that is, it's yeah. a tough one. That after Christmas, like I thought, Abs was bad. She's uh, she's the tenth. My little boy's actually the third, so he's gonna have a he's gonna have a bit of a mare, isn't he? I, I'd never thought about people whose birthdays second, third of January because it's awful, isn't it? Because obviously everyone's gone massive for New Year's Eve, and then. That day after, even the, even New Year's Day, people will still try to push through because there's a bit of football, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But the second, the second is actually second a tough one. It's, tough it's really tough. Maybe we've got to turn that into a day in its own right. Do you know mm. what I mean? A sort of... Jordan, Jordan Day. Jordan Day, we go again kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll toast to that on, on January, the, is it January the 2nd. January the 2nd. Yeah, I'll raise Tom's glass birthday. And, and say, up the Jordan. Just up raise. the Jordan. Up the Jordan. <laughs> up the Jordan. <laughs> January the 2nd, everyone. <laughs> Um, we got more messages. Uh, we've had loads of people sending in messages on Instagram as well. Thank you for that. Uh, Martin Banks wants to nominate his mate Chrissy for always turning up to the pub with a string of sausages in his pocket. He pulls them out like a magician and sees how many raw bangers he can pack into his mouth at once. He's always doing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much wingman that is, really. Yeah. That's just to get laughs as well, isn't it? I get it. But, I mean, does he have to th- is he eating these or is he just sticking them in his mouth and then spitting <laughs> them out? Because well, either way, if it's raw sausage, you shouldn't be doing that no. regardless, should you? Yeah. No. Well, having said that, I mean, I've went on a Hindu recently and uh, do you know where they tie a piece of string with a sausage on the end of it right down here? And it, 
I mean, it's not, it wasn't the classiest thing I've ever seen her do, I'll be honest, but what they do is between their legs and they flick it up and then they have to catch it in their mouth. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching them do it, although. Do you? Do you um... <laughs> hey, you know this sausage thing, though? Yeah. Is it something that we, because I'd quite like to see you give it a go. Yeah. yeah do well, you think it's something we good? can do, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great game. I'm not going to lie, it's a great, it looks fantastic. Okay, next podcast, can we arrange the sausage on string? Yeah, great. Thumbs up. Thumbs up from behind the camera. It was a quick thumbs up as well. He's writing it down as well, look. Yeah, make notes. Uh, We've got another message. Yep. Ben Allen nominates his mate Lewis for turning up to a fancy dress night without a costume, bribing a lad for his cone costume and then getting beers bought for him by the group of cones who had no idea he was an imposter. Clever. That well, is what, clever. Yeah, it's clever, but why we're just brushing over there's a load of lads with cone costumes on. Yeah, just random. Why Why would you be a bunch of cones? I don't know. I, 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 so part of me was wondering, is it my fake? Because my favourite fancy dress videos that I see at the moment, I get sent a lot of these on TikTok, you know, where it learns what you like and then mm. just fires more of it over to you. It's guys who go out as a full Formula One pit stop. Yeah, and that. then stop a car in the road. That's good. And then all pile in. Like there's one in front with the sign. No, I've not seen. They that. all oh, come in with really like, yeah, inflatable that wheels and things like that, and then turn it around to go go. Yeah, and, and then the and then the fella just lifts the thing. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! <laughs> I have not seen that. I like fancy dress where it's an organised group. Yeah. So yeah. everyone has a role, but yeah. it's the mm-hmm. same theme. So what I was wondering with the cones is it perhaps you know they're sort of blocking off an area yeah. or surrounding someone or something with cones. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, but I don't that. know. It's an odd, odd shout there. It'd be yeah. good to know what they're doing as a group. What can you do as a group of cones? Uh, yeah, I do. I do want to just end on this one because <clears throat> it did flabbergast me. Uh, Jamie Lee Ainsworth nominated his mate Jimmy Berry uh, for unscrewing all the light bulbs in the local pub in a fit of rage at how <laughs> bad Steve Keen was at managing his beloved Blackburn Rovers. Why, what, why, why the light bulb? I think it's harsh on the pub, it feels that. And also, a fit of rage suggests one quick action. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's very hard to be in a fit of rage, unscrewing a yeah. hundred light bulbs. Yeah, imagine <laughs> going, right, at it, and going straight up there yeah. and like changing light bulbs. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. For me, that feels slightly strange behaviour. And I don't, I don't quite understand why, what the light bulbs... Do, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're angry, I understand certain reactions, mm. whether or not I agree with them or not. But the unscrewing of the light bulbs seems a, a tad strange. strange. My other my other point here is, is is I've no idea why that was sent into a wingman section. Um, oh yeah, he's yeah. literally ruined everyone's evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's almost the opposite of yeah. What we're saying, a wingman is that person that makes an evening. Mm, that kind I think of thing. he's potentially ruined it for everyone. Okay, we'll keep sending in your nominations, uh, your wingman nominations. And thank you for all your entries for this month's competition. We're going to be seeing some of you down at the wingman launch party at Brewdog Waterloo here with us. Can't wait to see you. If you haven't tried wingman, by the way, then just head over to the Brewdog website, use the code CROUCH15, which is Crouchy's old shirt number, and all new customers get 15% off. Enjoy. We talk about obviously assistants and managers, and it just goes to show how well or how great Sir Alex Ferguson was. Because you look at all the different assistants that he had and still went on to win everything in the mm. game with different people. And he done it to a refreshing up, didn't he? Mm. You know, um, Steve McLaren, uh, Rennie Mullenstein, uh, Phelan, Carlos Quiros, Carlos, Brian Kidd. 
Kidd with who we, he is. Are we going to say that Brian Kidd, did he overstep the mark on that famous celebration? <laughs> Wait, it, did he break the boundary there? Did he? Did he do on that the pitch? No, I, do you know, like, it was, it was it Bruce's header when, when he ran yeah. on. And in Sheffield, the, Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it, at home? Was it the first, first Premier League title? Yeah, it's on the way to the first Premier League title. It might have been the first one, wasn't it? And it, I mean, that was... I think that was just sheer joy, wasn't it? Yeah, but if you're... A, if also, if you've if you played for the team, do you know what I mean? You mm. can act differently. Want to go on a knee slide onto the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> was a big cello. It was a big cello. Loved it, though, to be fair. Well, and obviously, Brian Kidd, I was with him at, at Portsmouth. And, um, you know, he, he was... Uh, he was uh, he was there. And um, he was brilliant. And yeah. what... what he, and he's someone that's like a first team coach or, or an assistant manager mm. who, you know, everyone loved. I mean, I, I loved him just, just tapping into his experience and his, his knowledge of kind of, you know, being around it and what a player as well, yeah. you know, I mean, he had so much experience and I think that you have to have respect for the, for these people. I remember Clive Allen again at Tottenham, you know, this is a player that you forget sometimes, you know, some of the young players might not, but I remember, you know, I remember him scoring 49 goals in a season, mm. you know, like one of the records and you think, He's kind of showing me how to finish. And you go like, if, if you're a young player and you haven't got that kind of history yeah. of what Clive's done in the game, you know, like, and that, I just love tapping into that. When you had an assistant manager that you really respected from a playing point of yeah. view, did their advice hit differently to most other assistant managers? I, I, I think it did. I yeah. think, I, like, I genuinely, like, I remember Les Ferdinand when, um, you know, when I was coming through, he was a player at Spurs and I was looked up to him anyway obviously from his QPR days as well, going to watch him there. And then obviously when I went back to Tottenham with Harry, Les and Tim Sherwood were, were, were doing like the, the, the youth team and the reserves and things like that. And so when Les kind of like spoke to you about various bits and pieces, it, it, did, it did hit yeah. differently, yeah. So Les, he's got a bit of authority. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like... So, when I they mean, speak, you listen. It's so important, I think, that. Yeah, even when uh, Fabio Capello brought in Italo Galbiati, his name was, and Italo like didn't speak a word of English, and he's England manager, right? Yeah. And I always remember he had two balls under his arm, and he'd run out, and he'd be on the pitch, and he wouldn't have a word of English at all. But it was kind of like the universal language of football, if you like. Like everyone respected him because you got to remember he's probably been he's been at what well, he has been at, been with Fabio for thirty, you know, however many years in football, been at AC Milan through that team, you know, Real Madrid. Juventus like the teams and the players that he's seen so it would, it would be easy for, for, for us as England players to go oh, he doesn't even speak the language but you think about kind of what, he, what he's seen in the game and you you instantly respect that and I think you know we we loved him for that and he could see he had so much enthusiasm for the game of football it was it was a joy to be on the on the same training pitch as him because he kind of had that that enthusiasm. He might not have spoke the language, but it just, it's, it did, he was, it's something about him that was universally respected by the England players. Mm. Yeah, when you connect to someone, they've just got you, haven't they? You, like, mm. You're drawn into them. Regardless, some, more so when they've done something in the game, the ones that haven't, they have to, because football is very fickle, isn't it, in that dressing mm. room and, and on the training pitch, but if they hit you straight away, you're like, we're going to get on well. Because yeah. well, I imagine it's easy to dismiss someone's opinion that you don't agree with based mm. on the fact that you'd go, you haven't played. Yeah. It, it's an easy out to, yeah. if, if you were to disagree Ooh. with them, I guess. Yeah, yeah have, having said that though, but I think some of the best coaches and the best assistant managers 
Um, you know, they, they haven't always been at the top uh, playing-wise. And even man management. I mean, we've seen it with Jurgen Klopp, you know, with, with Arsene Wenger. There's so many of the top managers, Jose Mourinho, so many of the top managers haven't played, but they've just got an aura about them. Right, so listen, I've just come up with a little, uh, a little quick game for you two. So I'm going to give you seven duos. Most, this is the most powerful duo list. Um, it's a blind seven. So you need to you don't know who's coming, and I want you to rank where you think these are going to yeah. be. It's tricky because okay, once you've locked it in, it's locked, yeah, okay, it's locked in. Yeah, I got it. So there's going to be seven. So the first one I'm going to hit you with is Jose Mourinho and Steve Clark. So in terms of most powerful duo, where do you think these two lie? Still to come. Think about it. Yeah, yeah I got you. Arsenal, I, still think that's, I think that's up there. Well, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> where are you going with this? Let's go three. Okay. Do you yeah. agree? Yeah, I agree with that. That's where I want it. Next one. Anton Deck. Well, they haven't missed out on a on a television no, award well, for, for years, have they? Yeah, but it's the same silverware, isn't it? It's not. Can, yeah, but that's can like get saying you've won the Premier League. Yeah, they haven't got times. any Oscars. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they, they haven't branched into that. I mean, what you're saying is they, they've won the championship 20 times. I'm saying <laughs> they've won. Yeah, yeah, I am. What I'm saying you put is... You like below Jose and Clark? Uh, as a double act. Well, how are we judging this? This is mental. Strong double <laughs> Strong double act. Very strong double act. They're lower, they're lower than those two, though. Is In footballing terms, really, Anton Deck have offered the song uh, We're on the Ball and that's kind of been the extent of their We're impact on, on football ball. isn't it We're that and solid support of, of Newcastle which obviously goes a long way right. I'm not seeing any statues of them yet okay yeah yeah I suppose in footballing terms let's Should put we them go near the bottom fifth or sixth okay I'll put them sixth Sir Alex Ferguson and Steve McLaren yeah yeah okay that's a lot of Premier League titles there yeah Obviously, above, above Jose though, because it feels harsh to put them below. But was only the, the only reason it would right be below is because together, yeah, yeah, he changed his assistance obviously yeah. a Good lot. Point. But I I, 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 I might put them just above Jose and Clark. Would you though, Alex Ferguson? Say I'd put Jose above that, but Jose. And yeah, but Clark who's going to be above Jose and Alex Ferguson? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I think Arsenal and Pat Rice are turning up, and I. Yeah, because they've been together the whole way through. They were they've been years and years and years, and it's a great dynamic. It's just it's famous, isn't Alex it? Ferguson and Steve McLaren. No, <laughs> so got a powerful we're gonna have combo. To put number two, yeah, they are but then two. Okay. Well, we're going to we'll just gamble. see what happens. We're going to have to gamble on a something special coming up at number one here. We've got Torval and Dean. <laughs> oh, they're below Anton Deck. It was an amazing performance. It was, but it was one Bolero. It was faultless. It was one Bolero. And actually, I think I've seen Anton Depp perform the Bolero <laughs> at the end of the show show. What are they? Are they well, the services to football, I think they should be bottom. They've done absolutely nothing <laughs> for football. <laughs> as far as I'm okay. aware. Okay, bottom. Next one. Pat Rice and Arsene Wenger. Yes. Right. You, you've wanted them top <laughs> from the start. I'm saying, on a deal or no deal, I don't think he's going to say anyone better than that now. Yep. As a combination, this is. As a combination, as a kind of famous manager, assistant manager, their longevity in the game, their success in an era that changed, I, I think they're... Yeah, all right. Is they're, in, they're in. I've wrote it down. Top. Wenger Rice. Okay. The Wenger uh, Rice's car. <laughs> 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 
As okay. if that wasn't a song. So what two, we got here, we got fourth and fifth. Two to go. Now. Four, fourth uh, you and got, fifth. You got Derek and Rodney Trotter. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, I think we've played this well, actually. Do we played it right. They're going in just under Jose, right? They are, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. still Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So this is where we find out who's, last who's one. fifth. Yeah, last one. Harry Redknapp and Kevin Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this list is bang he's on. Put, he's put pops down the end. I can't believe it. Amazing. Wow. Right. right. Number one from, to from, seven. From, from seven to one. Seven to one then. Torval and Dean. Yeah. Anne and Deck. Harry and Kevin Bond. Del and Rodney. Jose and Steve Clark. Ferguson and McLaren. Wenger and Rice. Well I actually think that's, that's pretty, pretty good. That's well, not bad. That's not bad. You've done well. Could have gone a lot worse. All right. Really enjoyed that game, Steve. <laughs> well... We, we should encourage people to play along on social or let us know what you'd swap around or disagree yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think there's a lot you could do there. I mean, people might argue, you know, skating fans might think Torval and Dean should be off the bottom there. Well, so and why? Th- Tell us why. Tell us why. Let us know. Come at us. Well, I've got one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the dynamic between kind of assistant manager, when he comes out the shadows, how do you deal with it as a manager? Like, I'm, talking, I'm thinking of um, Guardiola and Arteta now. Arguably the two best teams, well, they certainly were last year, the two best teams in the league, right? When you step out, and obviously Arsenal beat Man City at the Emirates this season. Um, like, how much has he helped him become the manager he is? And then he becomes a manager where you're, you're against each other. Yeah, I mean, I would love, I know we had that documentary behind the scenes at Arsenal, but I would love to see, because if you're working under Pep, right, you've got to be thinking he's the best in the world. So everything mm. that he's doing must be must work, okay? So there's got to be so much like that you must take, but you need to have your own identity, don't you, as well? Your own mm. standings, your own sort of ways that you go about it. Mate, I've got a friend, Mark. I will name him. He's Marco, Arsenal fan, lifelong Arsenal fan, season ticket holder, everything. He still describes Arteta as the guy who puts the cones out for Pep. Still now? Still now. Wow. Which but, is really odd, isn't it? From an art, I've always, I don't, I don't fully, I've never fully understood a lot of his views. And he does like to fish for, you know, a bit, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, but the Mourinho translator followed him around for, for so long, you know, it's like yeah, Bobby yeah. Robson's translator. Mm. And that's the, but isn't it interesting how that stuff does stick? And what I'd really like to know from you boys is how much do you honestly think when Pep sees Arteta? And Nate, is there always an element in the back of their head which is like, he was my bitch. Um, you was gonna say it. <laughs> I, that is what I'm getting at. Like, is it? I, I'm just interested if you ever do get over that. I genuinely think Pep is a winner. He's a machine, but he's got a lot of empathy. Yeah, and I and I seriously think that I, I he wants him to succeed, but obviously not as much as Man City win the league and Arsenal win the league. Or when they even come up against each other. But I think he looks at him and says, I really want you to do well. Because I think they are really good friends. Genuine. Yeah. But there is an element. I think he's taking it a bit too far now, if I'm honest. Arteta. Like, I feel like he's like, yeah, you know, go there, do well. But I think now he's like, I don't think he maybe saw this kind of competition. as well. Well... I don't know, but I just... I just what do you sh- mean? Well, I, I, like, it's one of those, it's like, you know, you go, you, know, go and you, you go and manage, enjoy yourself. But now it's like, it's a, this is a head-to-head competition now. Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of gone too far. 
That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Do you mean it's, like you, where, know, where you dump, her, dump your girlfriend, yeah. for instance? Yeah. You dump her and you say, um, you know, she go. Will. I hope you find someone. Yeah, you deserve great. Someone great. And then he walks in. She walks back in with like Brad Pitt. Yeah, and you go Odegaard. Oh, steady on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Odegaard and Martinelli. Absolutely, because I'm here. And then there's an element of you know you want her back then. Yeah, I see, what, I see what you mean. So do you think... Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that. So do you think there's a little bit of Pep, which is like, I would far rather... I'd far rather he was back with me. Yeah, or go, or go and manage think, in Italy. Do you know what I mean? It's not, you don't want to move yeah. next door with Brad Pitt. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you, don't, you want her to go and find someone. You know, yeah. go, go, go back to Spain. You know, go and manage Villarreal. You know what I mean? But you don't want Arsenal on your doorstep. Well, it's worse than that. It's actually, you've... You've broken up with your girlfriend. She, you've gone find someone great. She's gone and found someone great, mm. but they're also vying for the same job as you. Uh, yeah. The same, you know, they're after. We're both after the same promotion, yeah. and it's working. <laughs> and and, and, and he's, he's edging it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can good, see it. it. <laughs> and also, let's be honest, <clears throat> Arteta's gone out and you know, I, I did my coaching badges. We did our coaching badges in Wales, yeah. and Arteta did his coaching badges yeah. in Wales, didn't he? And then um, you know, Vieira. There was a few there. Yeah. Sol Campbell, yeah. Thierry Henry. Yeah. They came through. This similar uh, where where we went to get our coaching badges, and a lot of the um, you know the coaching uh, the call the, the assessors in Wales were incredibly impressed with Arteta, weren't they? Right at the start, yeah. and I that's why I I genuinely thought when a lot of Arsenal fans were unsure about that appointment, I thought you know what you know from what I've heard from all those people, he's 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 going to be top class in Does his it own make right. It, do you do you think it makes it harder for Pep to publicly? Question, you know, in a in a press, they're talking about how Mikhail's lining up the team. Is it harder for Pep to deal with anything around that? Thing yeah, is, right, we're all mate, we're all mates, that. right here. But you know, on that Friday podcast, I want to, I want to, you know, the the predictions. I want to obliterate you. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, like, and then we can still shake hands afterwards, and we yeah, still absolutely. have a beer. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I hope that you lose and I win. Yeah, you just talked about being really competitive, right? Like yeah. part of me thinks, you, you know, I was reading about weird. Here comes another weird analogy. Um, a certain make of phone where there is a slight suspicion that a rogue state is installing software into it so that, like, you know, further down the line, they're going to, like, harvest all our data. If we went to war, they'd be able to turn everyone's phone to whatever, right? If you're Pep and you see Arteta next to you, you want him to be good, right? But do you not give him some sort of bad advice or something that you've installed in there should they go rogue themselves? That you can sort of activate at a later date. You're careful. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I mean? That's super genius. <laughs> because it's all very great, like having the, a great number two that you've crafted, you've worked with. They've become this phenomenal coach in their own right. But that only works if they stay your number two, right? You're mm. not in the game of just training someone up to mm. become good elsewhere. No, definitely not. But like also, when you've had that kind of influence, like in football, like like Guardiola has, he's had the kind of the influence where he's he's kind of changed the game, like the way people play, the way people look at football. Most, I think he's had that bigger impact. So he's going to have kind of offspring, if you like, people like along the way who have learned stuff off him that are going to go on to have successful careers. And I know that, you know, well, I know from experience, like people that have worked with Alex Ferguson that pick up the phone to him and ask him advice about their own managerial yeah. careers. And I'm talking about proper managers. Yeah. And he still, 
you know, answers all their questions, gives them advice. Um, you know, players that have played under Sir Alex Ferguson could still pick up the phone to him and say, what do you think about this? And, you know, is this the right move for me here? Someone with that amount of experience to be able to tap into that is so, it's so yeah, important. And I think it's a, yeah. it's a mark of, of the man. And I assume Guardiola is the same. You know, if you think of Xavi, you know, Vincent Company, people who have played under him who are now managers. Well, it says it, a lot, doesn't yeah. it? You know, when you look at Company and... And Arteta, I mean, I mean, company himself. I mean, what I find the guy phenomenal. Yeah, don't you? I, mm. I think he's so impressive. Watching the documentary as well, just the way he handles himself, the way they have the meetings and everything. Yeah. I mean, but again, he's one of them that you would see go into management, wasn't he? Mm. He's got that aura about him. He's got that respect straight away. He can control addressing. Do you think him. it's? Do you do you think people can easily give too much credit to Pep in that situation? Yeah, For a you, guy that actually was just, you know, yeah, you can, in his own right, yeah, yeah. will do brilliant. Yeah, but I, I yeah. still think in the elements of the way that Burnley play now, like you can see like how, how Pep has rubbed off on him a little bit. You know what I mean? I think, I think he's that good. Mm. Who was your best assistant or in different ways that you either had a relationship with or that in football terms, I mean, mm. you obviously had a few, but... Paco Estrian, right? Um, at, at Liverpool, uh, under Rafa. I can't not mention him when I talk about assistant managers I, I think he was the best um, you know I, I've loved working like Joe Jordan Kevin Bond like I had so many so many great relationships with so many people like kind of behind the scenes if you know what I mean um, but Paco was was absolutely incredible he's, he's, he's with um, Unai Emery now at Aston Villa so he's oh, still in the right. games We're back to Spain how, how did he manage those big relationships then because you always describe Liverpool was having these very strong leaders, characters that were the epitome of the city. They almost could report straight to mm. the manager anyway. And in their own way, kind of took on a slight coaching role as well, mm. I guess. Thing is with, with Paco, like he had, um, he, he ran the show, if I'm honest. Um, Rafa was obviously the boss, you know, picked the team. But on a day-to-day -day kind of training break basis, everything was... By, by literally to the left, everything was planned. You know, he'd come in and he'd go, we'd, go, we'd ask him a question like, why are we doing this? And he'd go, this is the reason. Like, sh like straight away, he'd have a minute by minute playbook of why we were doing certain training um, sessions on a certain day. You know, it was a tactical day or it was even the warm up was like, we'd, we'd run and it was actually pre-season, for instance, was it felt a lot easier than what I was used to. You know, back in the day, you used to run until you threw up. You know, now we... We were doing like a lot lighter running, but it was kind of timed to, uh, to 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 suit the right kind of environment for what we were going to do the next day. And it was like how we recover. And it was, it, I just found him so impressive. Like, and it was actually kind of almost a I don't want to say a downfall, but it, it was. I, th I think we lost something when when kind of Rafa and Paco fell out, and um, they brought someone else in, and and he was good, but I don't know. I just think. Paco Estrian was 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 very very good, and I think he was very well respected. And they fell out. It's a strong yeah. link, isn't it? That one because some, I think, especially with Rafa, I think he, I don't think he was someone that you could physically probably go to. If the lads go, God, Joel retired, or I mean, training's not working. I don't think you could, the, or Steve, you could go to Rafa. Mm. I think it was, you know, there's a certain number two that you can go. It's got that relationship that you can go to the number two to go. Listen, the lads are that tired. Is there a day off or an afternoon off, or can we change mm. this up? Whereas then they'll go and relay that message to the manager that's important isn't it? like that relationship Huge. between the players and the assistant yeah. where you know I'd go to you and go like say Sid's the gaffer I'd say to you like do you know what like, like this 
we're doing too much, you know, these, these double sessions, this and that. He would go and relay that to the manager rather than me bursting in and going like, and then it's like detrimental to me personally. Whereas if he kind of says it as the group, it's better. Yeah, he took it, took it on himself to communicate yeah. it. Yeah, I get yeah. that. And that goes the other way as yeah. well, to be fair, because we've, we've all had it at every club where the assistant, some clubs, it was on a Friday. When I was at Brighton, it was on a Friday. At Stoke, it was on the game day mm. where you get this, the assistant would come out the grim, the, you know, the reaper, and just give you the curly finger, and you knew that that was. He's you talked about the curly. You weren't starting on the Saturday. So, so would that often Eddie. come from the assistant manager yeah, oh, yeah. that that news yeah, was passed through? Yeah. So he'd come down searching for the the two or three that weren't in the starting lineup, and you'd have to go up to the gaffer knowing what the conversation is. But Eddie Ned used to do it, didn't he? On the um. But then, would you not have that conversation with the manager in, in a way you would just? You'd no, no, yeah, you'd, you'd go and see the man. So he'd come down and go, and he'd just sort of give you that one to say. Manager wants to see you. Not in it. Not in the team today. Yeah, you're not in the did, team. Did you ever have one where the news came from the assistant manager about something that the manager was clearly getting pissed off about, and the assistant manager has gone to one of you boys and just said, "Look, word of warning here, this thing has pissed him off." It's just, do you know what I mean? Almost looking yeah. out for you yeah. on an individual basis yeah. when you say it works the other way. Yeah, not a lot of things. I think at Stoke that was massive, wasn't it? Because they knew we had such a strong dressing room. Like Eddie or Bo could come down and just go, listen, nip this in the bud. And then you'd all go in the dressing room, lock the doors, no staff, and it would just, and it would, everything would come out. Well, what kind of forgotten. thing would that be, Steve? Well, it could be anything. Lads fucking around in training, not being mm. serious enough, um, time, timekeeping, you know, mm. late, you know, like anything that would just, just get the manager, instead of him coming down and it being shouting or doing this, it, it just, it, it's done in a, a quieter way or a more respectful way where it's just done through the lads there's no animosity but there's still a, a chain of command and an alignment so mm. it's again that's down to kind of management mm. not from one person that's down to the whole staff mm. and again when after a defeat where you're thinking fucking the gaffer's going to go absolutely nuts he might go into the side dressing room with the staff and they might he, he might go I want to go and fucking bat these and they might go do you know what it's not the time and place just go in, say your piece, keep it calm. We'll attack this on Monday, day off tomorrow. Go through analysis. Yeah, quite wow. often it's quite often it's more powerful when the assistant will come in. I've had it a few times where he's like, he's almost so disgusted mm. that he doesn't want to look at you <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. He's going to speak to you Monday, and then you're thinking, oh my god, like there's going to be a video Monday. He's going to tear into us. It's also it's almost more. I think if they've got that kind of power, yeah, you do feel it like. Oh my god! Like he must be so disappointed in us that we've, you know, he won't even come look at us. <laughs> yeah, God, you must have had it. Like who's in radio? No, can we equate th- equi- this as someone? Is there I, a link to know. the boss? I, th- I think it's interesting though because obviously a lot of most jobs have bosses, don't they? And they have managers, and it can be awkward characters to have to deal with. But I don't think there's many jobs where there are solid assistant manager. And I think what I've learned from this episode is to respect that in its own right rather than it just being the training ground of a manager per se in that there is something to be said for having a role where you are genuinely happy just being the number two and being the best number two in the world to a manager who can do their thing and actually treating the two roles separately. All right then, a message from Sam. Says Crouchy Sids, if you're both managers, who would be your dream backroom team? So I think two separate managerial teams here. 
Yes. Do you see what I mean? It's not both of you as a management. Two separate. Oh, so it's my, if I yeah, went into yeah. management. So if you were a manager of yeah. one club, okay. you're a manager of another. Now I need to know assistant manager, first team coach, goalkeeper coach, set piece coach. Okay. All right. So I've talked already about Sean Derry as an assistant manager. I think he would be a great assistant manager, but um, it's either him or Harry Redknapp, role reversal, right? Uh, I'd be the manager. I'd just lean on Harry for advice. Um, you know, he's been in management a long, long time. I think... Can me he and be a number two, do well, you think? I think so, yeah. He, I, I think so. I think he'd prefer it nowadays. I think... Really? Me and Harry... <laughs> get, let's... let's get the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a team out there to take me and Harry on. Is this an well, official call out? Yeah, well, me, I'm, I'm, I'm Gaffer this time. Harry is my assistant. He could, you know, he can stay in Bournemouth sometimes. You know yeah. I mean? He can have the odd day off. His manager he needs to be well, there. We'll get you a South Coast club. Yeah, all right. All okay. Right. Um, I need to know who then is your goalkeeper. Right, coach so I've got Harry. Coach. Yeah, Harry Redknapp, uh, first team coach. I'm going for Eddie Nizwicky. Um, I know you. I think you'll yeah, vote for that. Yeah, only yeah. because I loved his sessions, loved his enthusiasm, and I like him as a person. Yeah. Right, okay. Eddie and Vicky, um, goalkeeper coach Pepe Reina, um, a wealth of enthusiasm, absolutely yeah. great lad. Obviously, he's threatened to get him on the pod. He's <clears throat> he's done um, you know a few bits for us on the pod before. Love Pepe Reina, great person, great goalkeeper. He'd be a great coach. So we're looking at you, Southampton, Bournemouth. Portsmouth. Around that area, around I think. That area. Yeah. yeah. QPR, potentially. QPR, okay. QPR. Yeah. Um, my, set peak, uh, my set piece coach is uh, Tony Poulis, or Poulis, uh, <laughs> as you like to say. As set piece um, coach. I bring him in. So I've got, I've got, it's also the Bournemouth connection there. I've got South Coast, he's down there as well. Harry, Tony Poulis, um, set piece coach. Um, does a great deal of detail. You think about how good we were at Stoke set pieces. I'm talking throw-ins, corners, um, free kicks. For me, that's a great backroom team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a hell of a club, that's isn't strong, it? Strong, that is strong. I mean, uh, uh, assistant manager, I would go with JT. Um, although he would seem to be a... He could overshadow me. He could be the Brian Kidd and, you know... Yeah, over that boundary. The only Celebrate. issue is that is is when like so if you're manager of Chelsea for instance, I know. they start singing his name and you, if you're under pressure, that's, you're gone. That's <laughs> what I could see happen. The fact, yeah, that's you're what right. I could, that's right. what I could see happen. But uh, he would be, he would be my assistant. Yeah, yeah I get he, that. And I he would that. be strong authority. Um, still, someone that the players could go to as well to get a message. Respect, from me. decent enforcer. A hundred percent, and could handle stuff on the bench because if it all kicked off, where sometimes it does. I know he's got my back. Yeah, uh, and it often does with assistant managers. It does. It's fair to say, I often think yeah. a lot of them scuffles yeah. are assistant Caused. managers, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so JT would be my assistant. First team coach Ashley Cole, up and coming. Good coach. shout. Yeah. You know, we will vouch for this. Yeah. If you Loves see him it. out now, if he was here now, he'd be getting these cans and these glasses, and he'd be putting sessions together right now. <laughs> so enthusiastic. Um, so he would, and obviously he's just gone in with with Wazza at, mm, uh, at Birmingham. Birmingham. So. That just goes to show how good he is. Uh, goalkeeping coach, I have um, a good friend of mine, but also very well known in the game, uh, Graham Stack. Oh, I'm glad oh. you said that. Yeah. Get, so, him, get him involved. Notorious. He's, uh, he, he's, he's renowned mm. for um, just being a canon, I think, first and foremost. Great but, Christmas party you've got for the staff as yeah, well so far, haven't all you? All round. Yeah. All round. A good link as well. Staff to players. Set-piece coach is a bit 
difficult. Um, I was I was going to go down the same line as you in terms of set pieces, trying to get Sam Allardyce in, but he didn't want to come oh, under that right. title. Oh, he turned you down. So he, uh, he turned that one down. Uh, I'm going to go for a, a former player that I played with, Andy Hughes, was at Reading. He's at Norwich now, set piece coach at, okay. um, at Norwich. So again, someone that's got a bit of knowledge around the set pieces. Right. So that there, that's a very cement. balanced. That's an exciting. Uh, yeah. I feel like I should ask you. Chris Stark goes in at Watford. <laughs> Assistant manager. Uh, who do you take with but you? The problem is this is totally... Anyone. You can have anyone. I don't know because I don't think I could... I don't, I don't have enough about You don't have to take to people manager. in football. You don't have to take people in football. Assistant. You, take, you could take Assistant manager Scott Mills. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think I need someone really organised. Right, do you know so what who's I mean? that? Who have you got? Anyone? Do you know I'm going to keep it football and I'm going to work on the assumption I've got Watford. Yeah? Yeah. I'm bringing back... I'm going to bring back... A.D. Boothroyd. Mm. I like that. Organised, sort of psychology. Yeah. Um, it's kind of between him and, and Rob Edwards, but he's gone to Luton and it's, you know, I just don't think it's great he's, PR that, from the start. That no, he, no, they've got a too. manager who's never managed or played at any sort of professional level and an assistant manager coming from the, the rival team. It's just not a strong start. Okay, right. Yeah. For a um, PR perspective. Yeah. I'm going back to a time where I really enjoyed being a Watford fan. Uh, I'm going to go A.D. Boothroyd okay. there. Uh, goalkeeper coach. Um, who should I go for? I'm going to give an honorary shout out here to Scott Loach, who I think is, uh, he might be at Wheelstone now, um, but I just always liked him as a goalkeeper. Always thought he was underrated and uh, he loves this podcast, I believe. So let's bring him in. It'll Loachy. Be, it'll Love be buzzing that, that we've, we've got him here in my ridiculous team. Set piece coach, Stephen Glass. Scored one of the best free kicks Ooh. I've ever seen. I was Ooh. in the rookery end. It was an FA Cup run. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. So I've got to bring him back just as a kind of, he deserves the money. There you go. All right, well, let's get into this one from Phil. He says, after listening to Chris mention about Sergio Ramos's barbecue setup and being a full BBQC plus, did you see him uh, at not Sir David Beckham? <laughs> did you... <laughs> <laughs> I think you sometimes try and avoid calling him that, but it's He's true. He's wrote it. Phil's wrote it, right? Did you see uh, the you're like setup? Mr. You're like Mr. Islam with the cards. <laughs> You've got to just read it. Did you see the setup in Not Sir David Beckham? Uh, he had whilst watching the recent Netflix documentary. Yes, I did. What did you make of? Um, I'm going to call him David Beckham's documentary. What did you make of his barbecue setup? Uh, it's inside outside. It's incredible. He's it was got good. A hell of a rig. Some rig Hell out. Of a rig. What did you think? When you actually come on, he's cause... got an absolute divok, <laughs> hasn't he? <laughs> an a pull rig divuk. out. Oh, <laughs> mate! It's like thing is, if I had the money he has, I'd go for a, a similar similar setup. And this Do you is prefer Ramos's setup. Yeah, or I prefer David Ramos. But Dave... only only because I saw Ramos's in full action, and and he has it all on the go. He has. Yeah. You know, it's all. Get a wheel. And was, oh, what's mate, the wheel was it, about? Was there moments on on Bex's one where you actually pause it to go? What was that? What, yeah, what, what? and also what's really nice is people have taken photos of it and sent it to me as well. Oh, really? Yeah, because you guys, I know I received quite a lot of stuff about me being a, a, a you know, a barbecue enthusiast, <laughs> and and um, or <laughs> as we like, <laughs> and um, wow. and. Uh, <laughs> But what you are, what you boys are learning quite quickly, and Steve, to be fair, is interested in this world as well. But he'll play oh, along I like with you when you do it. Yeah. What you're realizing is some of these footballers that you have played with and respect at the highest level are also barbecue. Uh, people. Can I just say I love 
David Beckham's documentary, right? It was so interesting, and you forget, and it was, it was, and, and also love is barbecue setup. I loved it. I can see myself in that why kind that, of so why indoor, saying, outdoor. But why are you saying his is all right? What I'm trying to say is with this barbecuing is it's pretentious. It's not. No, it is because what it's I'm not. saying is is why is your barbecue better than mine just because you smoke it? Because you're not right? barbecue. But you, what I'm saying is you're looking down no, on my my barbecuing. You are. You look down on me as a barbecuing. Actually, I like barbecuing. I don't call you a. Yeah, but. It's only because you're being pretend. You're you're saying, "Oh, look at my! I do it for twenty hours. You only do it for an, for half an hour." It's pretentious bullshit. That's mental. <laughs> That's like saying the whole point of this podcast is you talk about football at the highest level, and you're pretentious. No, you, no, you look down on me barbecuing. You do. I don't you look down do on you because well, you I said down it loads you. of times. No. You said to me, you, "You don't. You're not entertaining your friends. You're not, you're not cooking for them properly because no. you haven't smoked for yeah, three well, days." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying if you put, if you wanted to show a bit more love in your food in your barbecuing your friends would appreciate it. It's not pretentious to say that. What's pretentious is throwing a couple of sausages on a barbecue and just throwing them out to your mates when there's nothing to it. It's like... No, but you'd be like... Pretentious is not... No, that's that's the opposite. What I do is the opposite of pretentious. What I'm trying to say here is... I put loads of effort in. You know, if 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 you played for England, whatever, you can still... How many levels down are there of football? Yeah. And they're all enjoying themselves. Yeah. But I don't don't go to the lads in non-league bullshit. Someone gave me some popcorn. No, Steve Green. I don't go like that. No, that's what's what are you doing? Look at the way you're passing that round. Touch is awful. Do I mean what I'm saying is everyone enjoy barbecuing in their own way, and they might it might be what I'm saying is you're saying to me that you need frigging to cook for thirty hours. I'm saying to you that my love of the sport of barbecuing should be should be regarded with a bit of respect. In the same way that you've just found out David Beckham does barbecuing, and now your whole narrative changes. Not he's doing no, the same as me. True. He spent. He'll spend. Are you going to call him? <laughs> are you going to call David Beckham? A <laughs> no, I'm not. Really going. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to call David Beckham. No. Right. Are you going to call Ramos? What? No, not at all. Right. No, I'm not gonna call so, him a so why am I? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we're at the end of the podcast uh, now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, I'm gonna sit here and call David. But you're you're here. I can't I can't go behind David Beckham or Ramos's back can. and say you can that say it right now. Barbecue <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.